This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that? <laughs> I didn't find the one. I found someone I respected and we made it the one. In a sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on the one hand. On the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. Today, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Katy Perry. In addition to being an immensely talented artist and activist, Katy is now an entrepreneur. She recently launched Dessois, a line of sparkling non-alcoholic aperitifs made with adaptogens. They are delicious. Today, Katie and I talk about her path to wholeness and how she came to define her purpose and center it around joy. We talk about motherhood, therapy, how intimacy evolves in a true partnership, and a few surprising things we have in common. I'm excited to share more of her spirit with all of you, so let's get right to Katy Perry. Did you put together the list for Nashville? Yes. Okay, good. Did you go? I went to a lot of the places. You did? Yeah. Yeah. I was in Nashville for shooting American Idol. It shoots in Nashville? So we go to three cities before we land in Hollywood. So we okay. went to Vegas this year. We went to New Orleans and Nashville. Oh, for auditions and stuff auditions. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have you been doing that show? This is my sixth season. This is their 21st season. Oh, my God. I know. It's flown by, too. How did they rope you into doing that? Rope me into? And do you love it? I like, love it. Why do you do that? Okay, I was pursued by Idol for a long, long, long time. And I was putting out records and going on tours and stuff like that. And I knew I was always eventually going to do it. Just because you love that format. You love well talent. I love empowering. And yeah. I love like giving good constructive feedback. Yeah. And so... You know, finally, I also wanted to start my life and have my family and have like a little bit more balance. I knew I wasn't yeah. going to go on a world tour every year. And so they came and they said, you want to do it? And I think 
I'm ready. And I did it. And then I just fell in love with the new iteration of it, which is super empowering, super uplifting. It's got so much like heart and depth to it. I love my co-judges. No one hands us any script. Wow. And we get to literally have final say over pretty much everything until America actually votes. And it's had this revival, which is so cool. That's great. Yeah. And I love it. And it's really great. I have a residency in Las Vegas as well. Yeah. How does that work? It's not too bad. It's three weeks on. I have to come see that, by the way. It's pretty nuts. I heard it's so fun. Everybody went last year for New Year's. New Year's. It's wild. So... During the pandemic, I was pregnant, and I and my nieces are like eight and and five, almost six. And I was introducing them to my some of my favorite films, which are all things Pee Wee Herman, of course, Pee Wee's Playhouse, and Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Does Large Marge make a cameo in your show? I have my own version of a Large Marge, actually. <laughs> I play a doll, so it's in a, the whole show. In the whole show, wow. I'm a doll in this larger than in larger than life setting that changes like five or six times and the furniture comes to life and you know it's so fun and you don't have to be on mushrooms to Uh enjoy it but but, I should be but if you are okay it's even better that's a good tip yeah what I love about you as a pop star is how singular your point of view is on that stuff like you make it so fun and entertaining and like there's so many aspects to it it's not just like you're with a guitar in a room, which is great too. Which is great, yeah. We love that. Love but it. there's something so uplifting about your approach to it and how happy it is and also inventive and like iconoclastic in that way. Like you're you do something Pop really new. Culture. Yeah. I love listen, I, I know like my synonyms for my purpose, which are joy, empowerment, and I think it's joy and empowerment. Mostly. Did you, is this something you thought about? No, I just figured like after looking back and Mm -hmm. having all that time, you see like those are the themes that are continually running through and, and finding love and, Mm -hmm. and feeling enough. So that's my journey is to feel enough. That's the healing piece. That's the healing piece that I'm going to always be on. Do you think that all really successful people feel not enough or broken on some level and that that's kind of the motivating force behind the drive towards success. I always felt, yes, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not good enough. And yeah, there's that desire to prove and that's yeah. the gas, you know, yeah. but I think after 30, the gas starts to burn and you have to like get out of this burning car alive. Yeah. And so it turns on you if you don't, if you don't deal with it, because it, it is that it is like, that fuel for art, fuel for success, ambition, all that stuff. But once you have all that, you know, Mm. once you get that view and that goal, Mm. then what do you do with all that pain still that's still left there? So, I mean, for me, I did a deep dive on that and still am doing that. That's so great. Yeah. So, But the biggest lie that I think all artists have ever been told is that we have to stay in pain. Right. Because a right. lot of artists are like, oh, I don't want to go to therapy or I don't want to do that retreat because like, what happens to me if I'm like a happy person? Oh, mm-hmm. trust me, there is, the journey is never over. There is no there there, you mm-hmm. know, but that is a lie. Where did that come from? I wonder where that originated from, this idea. Is it like from the icons, like you know, the Kurt Cobain's like, or of the world, like the, the people who 
did closely conflate art with pain like where did that paradigm? I don't know but I want to be a grandma pop star you know like you don't totally see, see you don't see a lot of grandmas <laughs> and grandpas in my field but I'm gonna be one of them and I want I just want to because I, I mean I want to do it for my daughter I want to do it for my family for my partner yeah. I mean a lot of people don't get out alive in both of our businesses yeah so I think it's about using that pain and turning it into something profound, right. you know? And what was it about turning 30, did you feel, was like a, a turning point there? Oh, hangovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just immune system turning, yeah. you know, hangovers and just, you know, mental health, yeah, mental yeah. health. Yeah. But yeah, I can't, because I, I can't, obviously, like, I have been around lots of famous musicians and... I've been famous myself for a long time, but there's like a particular intensity that surrounds pop stars, I think, that is Female so pop stars. warping. Like, I don't, I, you I, don't see half of the stuff that's said about us, about Ed Sheeran. <laughs> and we love Ed, no. <laughs> but you don't even see, it's like oh, no. not even a tenth. <laughs> like, nothing. Nothing, but it's fine. I mean, that's why. I don't engage with that stuff. I post. I don't either. And I ghost. I like that. Do you feel like being that much of a recipient of attention and focus and, you know, fodder, writing, whatever, do you feel that energetically? Oh, sometimes, but I'm really good at retreating. Yeah. I have to isolate a little bit. And I go to my sanctuaries and, you know, I've got a team around me that I've had from day one since I was overdraft fee bank account girl. How did you get started in this whole thing anyway? Gospel music. Right. <clears throat> That's so right. Because your family is very religious. They Or they were. Were, yes. Right. Ministers, um, right? Ministers, okay. yeah. Traveling ministers. Traveling ministers. Like missionaries, but more like charismatic Right. My dad's from Memphis, so he's very um, <laughs> I'm just charismatic. <laughs> what? I just am flashing on his raccoon uh -huh. hat from the other yes. day. That was amazing. My dad has always looked like that. He wears tons of chains. He looks like kind of like a biker slash, you know, ex-member of the Rolling Stones. It's yeah. wild. He's cool. He's cool, but he loves Jesus. Yeah, well, Great. more power to him. More power. I mean, whatever helps you get through this. That's right. They're 75 and world. they are so happy. I'm so glad. And I, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about religion is that when people really believe and they're not using it as leverage to corrupt. It's that's right. When it's like beautiful faith. I wish I had that. Not when it's pure blind, but when it's pure when faith. When it's pure faith. Yeah. It's so, I don't know, uplifting. and Yeah. Okay, so... You were singing. I was singing in church. With them. No, I was singing at their churches when I was young. Was started at nine. Right. Picked up a guitar at 13, went to Nashville between like 13 and 16, made my first gospel record that didn't do anything really, but I made my way to LA at 17 after that kind of time in my life didn't work. Right. And were they freaked out about you going to LA a little bit right. but I had been like you know singing since I was nine and like really focused and persistent mm -hmm. and consistent and they were so used to it so you and know. and that was a team of people that went with you to LA 
No, I met the I met my team, my management team in LA when I was like is eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. Wow. And so they've been around and they're like family and my assistant Tamara's been there for thirteen years. Like Kevin. Yeah, like Kevin. I'm like one of those people when I find someone good, yeah, you know, they want to keep them around. Keep them around. They tell me the truth. Yep. They're not afraid. Yes. Because I'm a very dominating figure, just yeah. like you're a dominating figure, and you have your own opinions. I'm sure they're very clear, yeah. you know? And so you a need lot someone of, to push back. You need someone to push back. For sure. So it's a really great team of that. And, you know, yeah. we've been through a lot and we've created a lot. So, and I think what pushback like that does is keep you kind of on the straight and narrow in your professional life. You know, when, when people push back and question, even like, and they're not afraid to argue, I think, and I think it, it keeps you very out of this idea that you're right all the time, right? Like, yeah. because especially when you're famous and everyone says yes to you. Well, Gwyneth, <laughs> yes. Well, there's something that we actually share. There's a metaphysical science that we share. We're both 10 of hearts. Oh, you're 10 of hearts? I'm a 10 of hearts. Oh, and makes sense. Makes sense. Um, Do you want to give a three-sentence explanation of this? the cards? Yeah, the cards can be called cardiology. It can be called metasymbology. It's basically like, you know, when you see a, a, a psychic using a deck of 52 cards and then they put out an ace or a two or a six, blah, blah, blah. All these cards have meaning, and they are ancient, ancient meaning. And it's basically a blueprint to who you are in this interval of your life, if you believe that, in this incarnation of your life. And my soul and your soul decided to come down as a ten of hearts. I love it. And tens, it's a combination of numerology, astrology, and metaphysics. Mm. And so tens are, we have all of the kind of wisdom of all the numbers from, you know, ace to 10. We're not a crown card, so we may not have the access like those crown cards do, but higher higher the heights, sometimes higher to fall. But the heart thing is really fun because we were born to connect with people mm -hmm. in our own ways. I'm born to connect with people on the stage or through businesses, like I've been doing, and you're you're on the stage and through businesses. Yeah. You know how to speak to people. You know how to be in community. You know what they want. You have this like zeitgeist that's very natural. But there's a couple of books that I have on it that I love to read on. And one paragraph in the book that I love very much at the end says, even though you are usually right in life, <laughs> it doesn't seem to keep the love fires burning. So the question is for us, do we want to be right or do we want to be loved? <laughs> and it's so true because yeah, they're so like, true. let it go, let it go. <laughs> oh my God. And what is the name of the book? Because I haven't even delved into the cards in about 10 years. So I want to go back. I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. Well, say what it is. It's, so well, it's, it's, it does, it's not in print anymore. Oh. It's from the 70s, so oh, it's out okay. of print. But there's some, if you just look up anything on cardiology, my favorite okay. website is metasymbology.com. Metasymbology.com. A woman named Dahlia runs it, and she is spectacular. I took her to Egypt. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. So it was a whole deal. And I just love it. I mean, for me, I am into reincarnation, and I am very into Buddhism, but I really believe that the soul is everlasting, 
and that we're just here to figure out our karma every yeah. time we come down, if we have to come here. I actually agree with you. I, I really do. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com host. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. I have really come to believe that we incarnate as human beings to address a particular yes. thing. And the cards, or a series of things. Or a series of things, correct. And the cards just give us a little bit of a GPS mm. uh, roadmap. It tells you your, your general strengths and your general things you need to work on. Mm. What are some of yours? Like, what do you think you've come to correct? My biggest opportunity is to know that I am enough. Mm. And that's been my life's journey. Mm-hmm. To know that I'm enough. To know that I'm invited. To know that I'm not lucky. To know that, like, you know, I am loved. And when I had my daughter, that's when I definitely knew, you know. Yeah. And that's when I definitely knew. Yeah. I had a very similar experience. We talked about this briefly the other night. But that experience of, like, it, it was for me when I had my daughter. And, well, I had a really horrific, like, childbirthing experience. Oh, we all heard about it. <laughs> it was terrible. I mean, we don't, I didn't, like, I got the cliff notes. I don't even oh, want to know. But God so bless bad. you. I know. I'm just glad we both made it out alive. But after I had a seizure and passed out, I woke up and she was lying like, you know, four inches from my face. And I like looked at her giant blue eyes and it was like, it was like one of those machines where, you know, like a sorting machine where Uh everything kind of like just Uh all of a sudden sorts and like you're totally reorganized. Uh And that's what it was like for me. And I never felt lonely again after I had her. That's right. Same. And I had felt profoundly lonely in my life. Did you have a love for dogs or cats before then? I, not cats, much to the chagrin of my cat-loving freakish friends who okay. are obsessed with cats. Good for them. Even though cats are so scary. <laughs> well, they, they have less of a frontal lobe than dogs, so. Oh. Do you love cats? I actually started out loving cats. Oh, um, yeah. Like Katie... Isn't there a Katie? The fans, fit, my fans Perry, are called K- Kitty Cats or Katie something. Cats. Katie Cats. Because my first cat, and really my only cat, mostly, her name is Kitty Purry. Kitty, oh, that's cute. Yeah, but then was she um, nice, or did she, she was try lovely. to kill you in your sleep? She was lovely. She was great. <laughs> we love her. Rest in peace. But my dog Nugget, she was that supplemental for like four, four mm. or five years before I had my daughter. I was like, I never felt that like love just constant love of like 
For the I, cat you had it? No, no for the for dog. The dog. The okay. dog. You know, you walk into the door and you leave for five minutes and they're excited to see you when you come back yeah. until I had my daughter, you know? Yeah. And I felt the same way. I felt really lost and like everything I did was still not enough. I could play the Super Bowl and I still wasn't enough. Wow. But then I got down to the bottom of that and I've done a lot of work on that. And what was it? I mean... It was a bad pattern. It was yeah. a bad way of thinking that I had to rewire. And I did that at the Hoffman process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I really want to do that. It's funny because I, I wrote about that very early on and I couldn't go. I was going to go and I couldn't go. And Kevin actually went. Oh, how did you like it? He went years and years ago. He loved it. And now, you know, I know so many people who yeah. have gone and have just are sort of flabbergasted at what has been. Yeah surfaced and because what you come out of it with is an awareness of why because you're like why am I getting stuck in this place why do I tell myself I'm never going to do it again and I do it and I blah 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 or Mm. like a relationship hits a certain point I can't go past it why 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 and then you can trace back why Mm. and it all comes from you know how you were raised where you were raised who raised you what you had, what you didn't have, just all those different things. And do you feel you've been able to use those tools to actually like break out of the loop of relationship or getting stuck? hundred percent. I'm a loop breaker. Interesting. I am a loop breaker. I need to break some loops this year. That's what you're going to do. But yes, you should go because- oh, Yeah, I should go. Because you're a leader and yeah. a lot of people look up to you, including myself. Thank you. And once, you know- if you have the cure for the common cold, you're going to tell everyone. I am. That's true. And that is like the cure for the soul. Wow. I really should do it. I mean, I've, you know, it's funny because I've done, obviously done a ton of therapy. Did you see that documentary Stuts on Netflix? I have not yet, but I have to. I you have really to. should. Well, because Orlando spoke to him. To um, Phil? To Phil before we got really serious. He was working on some things in his life, yeah. and I never spoke to him, but Orlando loves He's a him. genius. Yeah. I remember when you guys got together, and I had never seen Orlando like that. Like, I've known him for a really long time. <laughs> really long time. Like, I remember him coming over to our house in London when I was, like, pumping breast milk for Apple. Like, yeah. Like, a long time. He's one of those, like, we'll show up at your doorstep you know, but also just brings that joie de vivre. Beyond. But he's just like, he like pops around and he comes over, he'll FaceTime you, cold call, whole bit, you know. Love it. He's just like totally himself, the most sincere. Yeah. He's a very special guy and he always like puts a smile on your face when Mm -hmm. you see him. But I remember when you guys first met Mm -hmm. and he was like, his eyes were so lit up. He was like, I've never felt like this. He was like bouncing up and down. And he was the first man that I met that was kind of a, a loop breaker for me because he was because mm. he would he was consistent. He kept showing up. I kept on showing him my absolute worst. Right. Because I remember a, you guys broke up for we a broke while. Up, yeah. But I was testing him. I was like, do you really love me? Yeah. Because a lot of people love me on a surface, but like, I'm about to show you how fucking crazy I am. Yeah. And can you take it? <laughs> and he could take it. And he was there and he was strong and he was like. That's was a just, real man. And that's a real man. That is a real man. A man that can hold a woman's fluctuations and permutations and incarnations yeah. and just be there. My Brad is like that too. Yeah. He's very And solid. animals and babies love him. 
so he's, Orlando. Uh-huh. And same with Brad. Yeah. It's a good. It's an energy. It's a good yeah. litmus test. Yes, it is. Yeah. They're like Francis of Assisi's, <laughs> a.k.a. Snow White. <laughs> yeah. Like if there's like a baby crying in a restaurant and Brad holds it, it'll like go to sleep on the ba- on him. Same with Orlando. That's so sweet. And that's why I was like, primally, I was like, yep, you're it. And so how has that been over time? Like the most challenging thing in my life. Yeah, it Just, always is. They're mirrors. In fact, Kenyon is the person that said to me that I and I quote him all the time. Is that he said that a long-term relationship is just a meditation and everything that's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It's the mirror of yeah. everything you need to check. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, if it's still triggering you, yeah. you know, then it still is your heart's way of saying, fix it, fix it, yeah. fix it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And something new always comes up. Yeah, and and not only that, a lot a lot out of con- our control. Yeah. You know, when you have when you're co-parenting, when you have which is hard. It's hard on a relationship. Like I'm, I've looked back now on like the data set of parents with young kids. It just ruins the relationship. Like for a while, it's really hard. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, not ruins. I but. think if both of the people in the relationship are willing to do the work, yeah, then it's going to be so much easier. If yeah. one person thinks that they don't have any work to do, yeah. it's going to be really challenging. Did you always kind of like a type of man before? Because I did with yes, the same narcissist. Yes. Yes, our nurse. I love a hot nurse, <laughs> or I loved a hot nurse. <laughs> not anymore. I mean, That's like so I love, funny. I love a healthy confidence. A healthy ego is yeah. very good. You know, don't want to get ego to be in the way too much. But yeah, hot narcy, hot narcy. That yeah. yeah, I had, a, I had a, a couple of those. Yeah, I mean, they run. They're prolific in our yeah. industry, and and they're really great for people who have bad self esteem or think that we're not enough. Because it's just like I fit right into this cycle. Yeah, they know how. They know how to. Pray yeah. of sorts. Yeah. And the interesting thing for me about landing in a relationship with someone like Brad was that, you know, in some of my previous relationships, I had always been like, I am ready for this. Like, I want a, a commitment. I'm ready mm-hmm. to do this. And but the it with the narcissist, like it's obviously never going to come to fruition. Right. But it's hard. Yeah. When I broke that cycle and I started going out with Brad for a while it was really hard for me to tolerate the 100% presence and acceptance I was like what what's wrong with you like, why are you here still no 100% I was like wow you're kind gross <laughs> oh my god why are you so kind I had the same thing I had to break through That's yeah so you had funny. to break through I did yeah and you like you were like, okay, I'm going to unconsciously and consciously pick this thing, this guy that's different than the past guys because I know that all those other ones, it just didn't work. Yeah. But- and I had to really say to myself, this is normal. Mm-hmm. This is not gross. Yeah, this is this is what love looks like. This is what it looks like. You're the one who's fucked up. Mm. And if it turns out that Brad's not the right person for you for some reason, that's mm. fine, mm-hmm. but it can't be my damage that mm-hmm. breaks us up. Like that was my mm-hmm. pact that I made with myself. Good. And that's how I kind of like rewired myself through the process. It is about the rewiring. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. We have such big like 
lives. Yeah. Two. I mean, your life is massive. Really? It doesn't feel that I way. Guess, I guess you like, do you travel so much anymore? Not really. And I'm like kind of like a nine to fiver. Who, I guess so. You, you know? do have a base. I have a so base. we're My still kids are, traveling. Yeah. We're still going. And you have your show. The and show and the stuff like that. your stuff. But like, I mean, just the responsibility. There's a, there's a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot of creativity all the time. And there's a lot of expansion. And there's a lot of responsibility. There's yeah. a lot of liability. There's all the abilities. Yeah, you know true. what I'm saying? I yeah. walked in here and I was like, wow, I'll... I'll be, one day I'll be like this. So, oh you know, my God, please. My favorite thing, one of my favorite things, I mean, many things, I'm, I wear lots of jewelry from all the Goop stores. Oh my God, but, thank um, you. One of my favorite things you ever did was with the diapers. Oh my God, that was funny. It was so <laughs> good because I was like, this bitch is so self-aware. She is aware of who she is and, you know, all the conversation, right? Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. she's going to use it for her power. I was like, way to turn it on and on them. I was like, this is so great. It was funny. I'm just, I love the self-awareness. Yeah. You know? I think if you, if you're not self-aware, it goes south very quickly. Yeah. Especially if you're. sustainable. No. Especially if you, you know, are working in a consumer facing business, right? It's like you, I, I I totally get the joke and and I also understand that there's a lot of misinterpretations and misunderstandings too. Sure. That like if someone actually engaged, I'd be like, oh wait, it's not that. But you have to that has to, has to be part of the fabric. yeah. The written word the written word can get weird. Yeah, it it has really to, it's can. about tone. Yeah, it's about context. Yeah, yeah, and I. I, for a long time, like, I just, I just basically don't read anything. Like, I haven't read anything about myself nope. since I was, like, 22. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Wow, that's... that's... I learned early. Yeah, no, <gasps> yeah. no. I think that's, like, the art of, of, of some of the success in this world. Yeah. Is, is just moving on, you know, learning, growing, educating yourself, but, like, not fucking, you know flogging yourself yeah and I think that's also an important part of the healing of somebody who doesn't think they're enough because if you if it's being reflected back to you by you know people that you don't know strangers that you're not enough you're so likely to absorb that yeah it just made me feel terrible even like good stuff made me feel terrible yeah because it's fleeting because it's fleeting my therapist said a line that stuck with me for so long. No one can ever make you believe something about yourself that you don't already believe. Yeah. But if there, you know, in the past, there's been things that have affected me that I've had to work on, yeah. you know. So it only really hurts when it hits yeah. a spot. Yeah, you totally. Know? That's a my I had a doctor that I worked with who said the same like it only is upsetting if it's a judgment you're already holding against yourself. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So let's get back to your three-day hangover from the party. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm completing my sentences, aren't I? <laughs> because am I using correct grammar? Don't know, don't care. You are, you are. <laughs> Created the Webster's Dictionary. But I want to ask you about that because I have been barely drinking now for two years. Good right? for you. 
And so I was really excited to see. Do you supplement? Do you try anything else? Well, yes. And this is why I was so excited about your new business. Yes. De Soie. Yes. You're saying it correctly. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I speak French. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Not really. My French is pretty bad, but it was. It used to be pretty good, and now it's pretty bad. It's great. So the idea of um, wellness more broadly. Yes. Right? I went through this crazy thing where I thought I had long COVID, and I think I did, but it was also that I had mold. I was exposed to black mold in my house, and I didn't know, and it had Girl. colonized in my gut, and blah, blah, blah. Oh. Anyway, it was like two years of really bad health. And Oh, no. And like micro biome microbiome boom. terrible and it was this i was kind of on this like detective mission around like what is wrong with me i i work out i eat well you know yeah anyway stopping drinking was a huge part in like healing my gut sure and we all know as much as we love alcohol or sure. i should speak for myself as no. much as i love alcohol i love tequila i love whiskey i love great red wine yeah and I was faced two two Januarys ago right now with, you know, okay, this is like the inflammation levels have reached a dangerous level. Mm -hmm. You have to change all mm. this stuff really dramatically right the now. Candida. Yes, yes. And all kinds of other stuff. So I stopped drinking for three months. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was allowed once in a while to mm -hmm. have like a tequila or and whatever. And you only needed one once in a while. And, and you were like, whoa. But that was the interesting part was realizing how much I relied on the ritual of it as mm -hmm. a crutch, especially during COVID, like oh, yeah. the delineation between day and night revolved around alcohol. I was pregnant. <laughs> I was like, no. So how, because also like, you you have a relationship with Braggs, one of my favorite companies in the world. Thank you. Obsessed with Braggs, obsessed with apple cider vinegar. You know, I bathe in it oh, once yeah. a week. Do you do that too? I do do it. Shout out Patricia Bragg. She's what the best. an incredible. She gave me my first guitar. You're when kidding. I was Thirteen. So what a I, weird full circle. She, well, she's in Santa Barbara. I grew up mostly in Santa Barbara. Yeah. And she came to my parents' church. She loves the Lord, and she liked my voice. She liked my singing voice, and she just kind of helped nurture I mean, it. Who doesn't? Thanks. But it's amazing that like, and I I remember growing up drinking apple cider vinegar, Bragg's apple cider vinegar, and just as a kid, you know, not totally into it, and I drink it all the time now. I drink um, it all the time too. I've I would do hot water, lemon, honey, and that's what and I do. Rags. That's what my mornings are. So it's one good. of my four drinks. So I got the celery juice. Yep, me too. My first drink actually is water. Good. Only. Great. Me and too. And then my next drink typically is the Bragg apple cider vinegar See, with cinnamon, good. honey, um, and mm. and lemon. Then my next drink is like a niacin flush. Oh, wow. I really like that with B vitamins. Amazing. And then coffee. And then coffee's fourth. And okay. then at, in the evening, obviously, de soir. Okay, so let's talk about that for a okay. minute because it's. I haven't tried it yet. It looks, the ingredients well, I are... I a bag for you. Oh, good. Okay, because the ingredients are really fantastic. Would I would love to understand a little bit about the origin of, was it for sober curiosity was it were you trying to lean out of alcohol drinking alcohol so i, I pregnancy like, all of it i created dissoir because of a few different things i remember when seedlip came out do you remember mm -hmm. seedlip like 10 years ago i drink seedlip i i love it and i was like oh my gosh there's an alternative to like a shirley temple <laughs> oh my god 
God. Really? I don't have to have a Shirley Temple anymore or a Roy Rogers, you know? And I was like, wow, I want, I hope people start carrying this. And then about three years ago, I was newly pregnant. Mm. I was headed to do a show in Dubai. It was like the last show before the pandemic, one of the last shows. And I was like five or six weeks pregnant. And you know, when I get on a flight, I like a glass of champagne and like I'll order a cheese plate and then cry to a rom-com, you know? And I couldn't do that anymore. Right. I couldn't even really do those cheeses anymore. Right, right. But what they brought me was a non-alcoholic champagne. And I forget the name of it, but I was so impressed. And I was like, oh, wow, wow, I can still live my life. I can still have this little ritual, this little like you know, fun Mm. me time moment, this wind down moment or this feeling of like grounding or whatever by having a non-alcoholic drink. And yes, I'm kind of sober curious. I love my alcoholic drinks, but I also know that like I said earlier in in this session, I need to retreat. I need to find my sanctuary. I need to, you know, just like re-energize. And I do that by giving myself alternatives and great alternatives. Yeah. So these these have different adaptogens in them that help, you know, mood, and I have a lot of mood and it helps with all that. That's amazing. So and I started it about a year ago. How did you, who did you call? Like how, tell I, us a little bit about the entrepreneurial side of you. Like how did you? I started it with Morgan McLaughlin. She's a master distiller. She's at Amass. If you know about the gin from Amass, it's really cool. Okay. It's great. And they helped me start this line. Go hit that bottle, girl. They helped me start this line and Morgan helped me put it together. Toasted by the end of this conversation. (laughs) She helped me put it together. And in a couple of years, the non alcoholic space in a couple of years is gonna hit twenty six billion dollars. Wow. So you're not alone. Yeah. I'm not alone in in this kind of like on off, on off. We call it damp. Instead of dry, because there's dry January, (laughs) and there's now sober October, which I'm like, no, thank you, but fine, I'll do it. October is also my birthday month, so I'm not, I'm like, Are you a Libra? I'm a Libra Scorpio. So we're, I'm a Libra too. Yeah. We have that in common. Pragmatic-ish. But I just wanted to, I was so inspired by like, you know, that alternative, that healthy alternative that's going to help stabilize mood, but also is ritualistic and not a Shirley Temple (laughs) and not full of sugar. There's there's no sugar, like barely any sugar in this. So just mindful and an experience on the tongue. Purple Loon, which is my favorite. If you sip that on on ice or on a block, it's like you only sip like every 15, 20 seconds and it's just, it's everlasting. Mm. And it's still, you're a part of the party, you know, like I heard someone say something one time that I thought was really interesting. You don't have to drink champagne, but if you have the glass in your hand, you're more approachable. Yeah. It's so weird. And I can get that. You're like, you know, you're in, you're into it. You're leaning into the vibe or into, yeah. you know, whatever's going on. And it on. also is like, I don't know, I always feel like alcohol obviously, you know, helps people, they say, lose inhibitions or whatever. But I think part of it at a party too is like, as you say, having it in your hand and feeling like, okay, I have something uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. It's not necessarily that you're getting drunk, but it's yeah. like you've got a little prop, you know? Exactly. So if you have any social... For an actor, <laughs> you know, it's a touchstone. It's like, even if I have a piece of paper, I can use this piece of paper like 17 different freaking ways. You need that. Yeah. It is that touchstone, that talisman. So what are the... Like, what? what is your hope for it? Well, is it going in restaurants? It is. It's going in restaurants. It's so exciting. Deswa is like one of my branches. My trunk is my music. Yep. And that's where 
everything stems from. So my music is first and foremost, and that is really my stable roots core. Yeah. But I'm a creative. I never yeah. stop creating. So I have Dessois. So I have Bragg. I invest in a lot of other things and sit on a lot of other boards. I have a foundation called Firework Foundation, which is an arts-based foundation for kids from underserved communities. I have all these things going on. I'm a mother, yeah. obviously. That's like in my trunk, my first and foremost. Yeah. But, you know, music always comes first. And mm-hmm. I guess my, my desire is... Everything that I'm involved with has an empowering element, mm-hmm. and that's what I want to be associated with. And when I'm gone from this earth, I want people to feel empowered or remember me as empowered. Right. Yeah. I'm just thinking about the word empowering. The reason why I love that word so much is because like, the idea that you could help somebody recognize that it's already within them. A hundred percent. And that's really helping people unlock. Unlock. Yes. Which it's is not beautiful. outside of you. No, it's not. And that's what all the stuff outside of you is fun frosting. Yeah. It's extra credit. It's bonus. Yeah. But it's it, if there is no core yes. Yeah. Anything you ever need has always been inside of you. Those that's like literally the lyrics of firework. You know, yeah. to paraphrase. Wow. And it's always been inside of you. And everything has always existed. It's just been forgotten. Yeah. So I think people like us are hopefully helping mm. empower and unlock yes. and break loops and patterns. So because you know what? I'm the most happy. Like you saw me at that party that I was co-hosting. You were killing me that night. But I, I'm the most, I am the most happy when I can enjoy it through other people's happiness yeah so when I, understand. I when i see them happy and like their eyes lighting up you know they're living their happy most joyful lives i'm like wow i help create that space for them to feel that happiness yeah so that's what i want to do it's like tapping into divine energy right because mm-hmm. it's like when you i mean going back to your childhood and being sort of connected with the divine in that way or your parents were growing up in that it's like yeah but it it's not actually a created god it's your relationship from within to something that you are have decided you're going to connect with and that could oh, be yeah. it's bigger source it's definitely bigger than me you know that that's but what making it, people happy like putting your energy towards helping people feel that it's within them yes. is such a worthy pursuit yeah, and I mean, I, we're all doing it in our own ways, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that, you know, the more people find that within themselves, I think the better our world's going to be. Like, that's my hope for, for the world for going forward is just, like, people find their wholeness. Yeah. People find their wholeness, and therefore they will find their happiness, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's it's absolutely true. And so what would you say to somebody in terms of like how do you how does somebody begin to find their wholeness if if that's if that lexicon is like beyond them of like oh you know? yeah no it's a privilege everything we're doing and saying most people don't have the time the energy all of it to investigate anything other than trying to make ends meet yeah or put food on the table you know this is all privileged stuff and so I, I think by asking the question is just the start. That's yeah. the, where the awareness starts. For me, what really changed me is meditating. Yeah, me too. It's very scientific and, yep. you know. There's a ton of research on it. Yeah. 
And so once I started doing it's that, it's free. It's free, and it's something you'll never forget. Something mm-hmm. you can learn in a couple hours, basically. But creating that space for yourself to do ten minutes or twenty minutes or whatever. But meditating started laying a foundation of stillness. And the funny thing is, like, it's so busy. It's so noisy. There's so much going on. There's so much, 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 much. The Bible has a lot of great information in it. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite pieces of information from the Bible is, is that in the stillness, know that I am God. So once you find that stillness, you find that God. Yeah. You know? And that's what meditation is for me, is like going deep, deep within and finding mm-hmm. that stillness. And in that stillness, I find some of my best ideas. I find, mm-hmm. you know, how to work out a problem. I find compassion. I find forgiveness. And so, I mean, my first like tip would be that tool is to yeah. start meditating. And yeah. then your soul's going to, your higher self is going to know what to do. It's going to start to take over. That's a great point. Do you do TM? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Not as consistently as I should. Yeah. But it's such a game You know, Brad is very helpful with that because he, we kind of get up and do it. Yeah. And so. Well, you got to have a partner that's in. Right. Does Orly do it? I'm, so Orlando chants every morning. Right. Namyo hooding, yo namyo hooding, yo namyo Yes. He's the, does the Buddhist thing. Right. And it's amazing. The energy that is released from his chanting in the morning is profound. Wow. But I have pushed him to do the meditating too because, you know, he's not a great sleeper. Okay. I'm a really good sleeper. I can Me sleep too. anywhere. That's another thing I have in common with Katy Perry, apparently. Hey. <laughs> um And so, yeah, so I know that, like, if he starts his day out with meditation, he'll have a clearer mind. He'll have, mm. you know, he'll be able to focus much better. He'll be able to, you know, work out harder because his body will have felt that deep rest and just all the things, you know, mm-hmm. he'll get the answers. The answers are already there. Yeah. There's just so much noise. So he'll sift through the noise by meditating and get it. So yeah, like Brad, I'm, I'm like Brad in that situation. I'm like, all right, let's meditate together. Right. It's only 20 minutes. Just sit up, have a glass of water. Don't do anything. Don't look at the phone. Don't look at yeah, the phone. Don't look, look at the phone. phone. Don't look at the phone. <laughs> I wish I was that person that was like, oh, I have, you know, like my phone outside of my room. I don't. No. <laughs> Who does? I did during COVID. I did not sleep with it during COVID. But uh, then it crept back in. But anyway. On and off. On, on and off. off. You know, it's it's challenging. Fits we're so starts. addicted to it. I know. And it's so addicting. And we're animals. I know. It's true. But if you can not look at your phone and just do it before then. in the morning. Because like when you have 30 different things coming in and it's all like mega red alert or da 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 It's like, how can you not, yeah. you know? But Does music come to you in meditation? All the time. Wow. I would imagine it would. All the time. Because the channel feels so open in that time. You are opening the channel. It's And do you get like ideas for songs? Or? The craziest things. Wow. Ideas for marketing. I mean, actually a lot of people have this same feeling when they're in the shower. So a lot of people get songs in the shower or they'll get, you know, ideas for something brilliant in the Mm. shower because you're actually like, you're just meditating. You're going through the motions. You're not really thinking of anything. You're, you're switching off something in your brain. There's another thing I really want to try that I have not yet tried. It's called 40 years of Zen. Have you heard about that? It's like the Hoffman process, but it's more of like a scientific brain kind of a brain study whilst you're like connected and hooked up 
whilst you're going through emotions. Oh, wow. So you're studying all the different wavelengths of your brain. That's very cool. But anyways, all that to say, and I don't know enough about it to really talk about it, but I know when we're in that shower and we're bathing or whatever, there's a certain part of our brain that like turns on or off or whatever, and it becomes a meditation Mm. and you receive from that place. That's so cool. Yeah. So have you ever, ever had to interrupt your meditation to like sing into your voice recorder? Mm. Or do you stick with the thing, which is you're supposed to finish? 90% of the time I'll stick with it. Right. How long have you been meditating? I learned from Bob Roth. This Me too. Oh my God. I Hi love Bob. thing I have in common with Katy Perry. <laughs> Hi, Bob Roth. We Hi, love Bob you Roth. so much. Wow. God bless you. Man. God bless your soul. changer. He has changed so many people's lives. I know. I think he taught me probably about 15, 16, 14 years ago, something like that. And then I had a very on-off relationship with it. And I would sort of go through periods where I would be religious about it and then I would stop. But Um, you never lose it. That's the coolest part. You never lose it. But now we do it very consistently. We're in in a phase of really doing it. All right. I'm going to go back in now. Yeah. I have a question for you. Okay. With all the wisdom that you know and with all the things that we have seemingly in common Mm -hmm. in this iteration, what would you tell your 38-year-old self? Mm. Because I would love to know. When I was 38, I really had like – that was a real crucible year for me. I woke up on my 38th birthday knowing that I – was going to leave a marriage or that my marriage was going to be over. Mm. And I was so far away from myself, which you are not like, which is so beautiful to see, but I was so far away from myself. I had been white knuckling through my whole life of, you know, many chapters and successes and failures and having kids and all this stuff. You know, I had put my kids first, of course, and I was so in love with them, but it was the year that I realized how far away I was from myself. And I realized if I didn't become ruthlessly loyal to myself, it was going to end badly. Mm. I had a very foreboding feeling. And it kind of put me on this journey of like truly understanding myself and being truly friends with myself, which has taken me a long time to get to. So I would just say, make sure that whatever you do in any permutation, in any of your success, your parenting, your business, that like you are best friends with yourself, that you look in the mirror and you know that you are there for you in a way that nobody else will ever be. And that was sort of also the last piece in my I'm not enough story Mm -hmm. because when I really realized that I really loved myself and that's with all my flaws and all the bad things I've done. Yeah, you love existing. The times that I lied or was, you know, did the wrong thing or made the wrong choice or, you know, crossed a line with someone's boyfriend, all that stuff that I was holding as... I'm a bad person, I'm a bad person, I'm a bad... As soon as I was like, I'm a human being and I love myself and I accept all the colors of myself, my life really changed. And I wish I had done it earlier, but 38 was when I started to get that. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing you. You are so great. Thank you. GP. KP. In the house. 
Thanks for joining my chat with Katy Perry. You can find Dessois at drinkdessois.com. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. I hope you'll listen, follow, rate, and review all of our episodes, which are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts.